Welcome to the Profit Talks Podcast, hosted by the Orange County Inland Empire SBDC Network, funded in part by the U.S. Small Business Administration and the California Office of the Small Business Advocate. This show is the go-to resource for business owners seeking empowerment, education, and resources to succeed. Join us as we connect you with experts, share the triumphs of fellow entrepreneurs, and reveal the wealth of assistance available to you today to level up your business. So let's go. Let's dive in and learn more. Well, I guess I should say attention, everybody out there, because we're going to talk about veterans affairs and veterans contracting and other sorts of things. I got to be on my best behavior because we got a veteran, a real live veteran with us here. He was a drill instructor. He's 20 some years in the Marine Corps. Welcome, if you will, our guest today, SBD consultant, Troy Small. Thank you for joining us here today. Thanks, Paul. I'm happy to be here. All right. Sorry to see. I was trying so hard. I, you were a drill instructor. You were lots of things in the in the Marines for 20 some years, right? I was. I was. I served three years as a drill instructor. So a, a part of my career from 2000 to 2003, uh, I served as a Marine Corps drill instructor in San Diego, California at the Marine Corps Recruit Depot. I only have to look at you to know the way you sit, <laughs> square, solid. You know, and just just no nonsense. I mean, I'm sort of slouched and looking around, and you know, you're like, "Welcome, how are you?" You just you know, you have I, that I, presence. I, I've tried. To get rid of it. I can't. I just can't get rid of it. I've tried. Trust me. It's this square, solid. You know, totally focused right here in the moment. On you know, totally the frame and everything where you carry yourself. Well, congratulations. Thank you for your service. Let's start with that and all the years you did this. Why Marine? Why did you come a Marine a million years ago? Yeah, I million. Yeah, well, it seems like a million years ago. I, <laughs> I joined the Marine Corps back in 1989. Oh, and long time. It, 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 yeah, it was um, a couple of wars really ago. A, a couple <laughs> of wars ago. Yeah, and then I, I've been from back in the, the early 90s for sure. But I, I always something about the Marine Corps. I think it was the the hardness of the service, right? You know, it's, yeah. you know, it's it's had the representation to be like one of the hardest services. And so I felt like as a young man back then, I that if, if I wanted to go to the military, I wanted it to be the hardest one. And That's so right. That was one of the main reasons. No uh, soft jobs for you. I want to booyah, booyah, whatever right. they say. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, you know, and I didn't I didn't want to go out in the middle of the ocean. And I, you know, I'm not a big fan of airplanes either, either really. And so <laughs> nothing against the Army, but, you know, it's, it, it, so right. it's like the Marine Corps is kind of that little off the beaten path Special type of service. Thing, and yeah. I'm an off the beaten path kind of guy, so it kind of fit. Where were you from? What what area? Originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. And had anybody in your family served in the military? I mean, Oh, absolutely. I've had, I've, uh, we are a veteran rich family, many members in the Army uh, and several of us uh, from the Marine Corps as well. So I've had cousins and um, uncles who served in the Marine Corps prior to myself. So that also has some influence on it as well. Uh, but we are a veteran rich family and uh, we're, we're proud of that. Well, we're glad that there are those out there. I'm a veteran chicken family here. I don't know, not really. My dad was a bomber pilot, Robert II, so he wasn't a chicken. But I was always kind of intimidated by the military and all that. You know, that's a that's a commitment. That's a you're putting your life at risk and, and you're serving your country and all these great honorable things. But you can't sort of get over and say, I don't want to do this. I want to go home now here. Yeah, this is a this is a serious commitment. So you took it seriously and you did a pretty serious job. You told me you were like a machine gunner or something, a fifty caliber machine gun here. 
Yeah, yeah. When I when I joined the Marine Corps in 1989, and shortly thereafter, I went to um, infantry school and and machine gunner school, basically <laughs> here in Camp Pendleton. And so my primary weapon was the 50 caliber machine gun and the Mark 19 machine gun. So as a heavy machine gunner, there's two guns, and those are the heavy guns. Yeah, right. And so you call it heavy machine gun platoon. And so that's where I started my career. The first four years of my career, I was an infantryman. I went to Desert Shield, Desert Storm in 1991 right. as a heavy machine gunner. I was right. actually a team leader. Uh, and I saw combat in uh, Desert Storm in the Battle of Kofchi. I received my combat action ribbon and everything that goes with that. I went through the, the oil field fires. I have pictures yeah. of that. Like so, wow. uh, when, they all, set, all when Saddam things. set the oil on fire, if we can't have them, you can't have them, and we're going to make yes. this big mess. And yeah, Yes, and that was quite a scary situation because you could you put your hand in front of you, you could barely see your hand. Wow. Uh, because of the, the the smoke and the I mean the, in the middle of daytime it looked like the middle of night so yeah. very very interesting stuff. All right, so this is your career. Hoo ha! Full gung ho, you know, serious hardcore machine gunner, and then life takes a pivot. All of a sudden they say, you know, we don't need some machine gunners anymore. We really need some people over here in admin. And you're like, are you kidding me? I didn't make this up. You said you're a grunt. You're like a real grunt turned into an admin and grunts hate admins don't they these are the these yes. are the pencil pushers that sit behind desks and stuff <laughs> we, we call the admin people pogues and i'm a pogue now so. <laughs> and that i think there's a story behind that term but uh, but basically you know you're that's what that's that's what you call ad administrative people and and so at the end of the the go for conflict back then you know as as with most military conflicts there's usually a drawdown of the force. Yeah, right. And they said, hey, you can pick from these three new jobs or <laughs> you can get out. Yeah. Well, I, I was Marine Marine by then. I was all in, right. at least at that time. And so I, I didn't want to get out. So I decided to change jobs to supply administration. Uh, I did supply administration for one year. And the reason why is because when I changed to my new command, I learned about purchasing and contracting. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you had to do, be a supply administrator before you can change jobs, jobs to purchasing and contracting. And you had to be in supply. Were you year. open to this? Was this intriguing? Or was like, oh, man, just get me out there. I want the action. I'll be in the front line. Now you want me back there pushing pencils and figuring out numbers and contracts and, and spreadsheets and stuff here. I, that doesn't seem like you, or at least what you went in for. Was was you know, that a hard? I, honestly, Paul, <laughs> it was all me then. I mean, because it was exciting because mm. I my first duty station as a supply person was Marine Security Guard Battalion in Quantico, Virginia. I was working for the headquarters battalion. Right. And in the role of supply, I was supporting the Marine security guard detachments around the world, right? These are the the, the Marines that guard our embassies. Embassies, and all right. So I think of, yeah, right. Exactly, right? So it was a very, very neat experience for me. And I was like, well, I'd rather do that. I'd rather buy them volleyballs and, and you know. <laughs> equipment uh, and gear. And equipment everything. and gear for, for life for life enhancement, right? <laughs> Particularly if they're in a not so good country. Yeah. And obviously we purchased them other more sophisticated stuff as well, <laughs> but it was just a more exciting job to have. The purchasing contracting job is much more exciting than supply. So I was not a, a dumb, dumb Marine. I, I I didn't eat too many crayons. As a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> just think about crayons and Marines, but I knew my, you know, mom raised a smart kid and I recognized right away that I was like, Hey, 
I can do this contracting thing whenever I decide to get out of the Marine Corps. So, because at that time, I still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. You know, yeah, I still right. was kind of, I was just a Marine, you know, and right. like, but I was like, ooh, this is a real job that I can really do. And fast forward, you know, kind of here I am. I'm, I'm living that dream. Living the I dream. Goal, and I'm living the dream. We're right going to get you there, but I, I want to take one sure. more step on this journey here. So you come in as a gung-ho young guy, you're a 50 caliber machine gun operator, you're on the front lines, you're in battle, the battle's over, and they pivot you into supplies, which doesn't sound so exciting, and then you got into contracting, and that seemed more interesting and, and more, had to use your brain more and think more and, and, and be more organized and stuff here. So you got into that. You just said something that very interesting, I'm gonna touch on this for a minute, because we've done lots of shows on this station, lots of about veterans through the years. I myself am not a veteran. My father was a veteran in World War II, but I'm not. I'm of that 60s era. You know, we didn't think of military service was not one that we instantly gravitated or thought about. And it was intimidating. You know, you're going to go fight and combat and everything and take orders and stuff. I don't know if I'm an order taker. I'd rather be the order giver or something here. Anyway, so we hear all the time how people who have very good jobs, very, very complicated jobs, very essential jobs, contracting, running a nuclear submarine, uh, missile guidance, these sophisticated things they teach you how to do. I don't care where you come from. If you qualify and they think you got it, they'll show you how to do these amazing, incredible things. And look what we accomplish as, as, a, as a service, as a country. We win wars. We keep the peace. We, we supply a force around the world. It's a pretty amazing organization. But nobody ever thinks, what am I going to do with that when I get out? So I did missile guidance, and now I put that on my resume, and I show up, and they go, well, we got no missile guidance jobs here. We got sales jobs. We got a, a manufacturing job. We got a, a something job. We don't have any missile guidance people that we need here. And veterans struggle, I hear it over and over again, trying to transfer the skills they acquired into skills that are available to them on the outside. You just said, you thought ahead and thought, maybe if I do get out, when I get out someday, this is a job that could transition to the outside world. Was it that clear to you at the time that this would, this could be a path forward, or was it just a cool thing to try next? It was absolutely clear that it can be a path forward because as a purchasing and contracting person or a contracting officer, you're engaging with small business owners. Right. So you're engaging with people like you and I who are small business owners. Need so right? many of these. And, I got to find right. this at the right place. They got to be at a certain place at a certain time. I mean, it's a right. sophisticated. So I recognize right away that, well, there's an element that could be there. You could, you know, I could get my own contracts with the government or I could help other companies that are trying to work with the government. So yeah. that part I recognize right away that, oh, there's something there that I could, I could parlay some role with the knowledge that I have. And to your point, one of the things that I did when I was when I retired, and this is not something that you you're taught. I actually just I gleaned this is that you receive a transition assistance manual, right? There's a book, and it talks about a book. Right? Here's something. Here, take the book. Here's the book right? <laughs> but what I did is I took to heart the part about taking your military skill sets and rewriting them in such a way that yeah. it's in like civilian language yes. and not military speak. Right. That's what's important because as veterans, we have a habit talking like veterans, speaking like military It was a J6 uh, level two or something. Yeah, and I'm like, what right. the heck and, is that? And if you're another veteran, you know right away. But if you're not, if you're a civilian gentleman like yourself, you're like, what are you talking about, Troy? I don't I don't know what you mean. Exactly. So it's, it's incumbent on me or the veteran 
to be able to take the skill sets they have as veterans, particularly those special skills, because we go through schools that no civilian will go through uh, simply because they're military schools. So we have a there is special knowledge that we all have in our own right that many folks won't have, particularly because they will never go to those schools that we had. Exactly. So what you have to do is you have to be. You're you talking know, about sophisticated engineering, sophisticated organizational structures, supply right. and and logistics and movement, and large people. And this is a sophisticated operation that's uh, that's and. Nobody comes in knowing how to do this stuff. They're great. They excel at teaching you how to do this stuff. And it's life or death. It's important. So they make sure you really get to, to do this. I'll tell you what else I hear all the time about veterans, because I, I hear this come up. I hear on my side, uh, business owners like myself say, well, I, I'm, I'd love to have a veteran, I suppose. They, they seem hardworking, and I'd love to honor what they've done and let you support it. But I don't know what to do with them. I don't understand this and how this applies to what I do, I don't know how to translate skills. And what I hear over and over again is there's certain basic skills that you guys acquire that I didn't. I may have gone to college and had all these things. I took all these courses, and that seems like it has some application on the outside. But it's just book learning. It's not practical knowledge. You not only have practical knowledge in field doing stuff, you got teamwork. You know how to work as a team. you got leadership skills. I never had any leadership skills when I was in my 20s or whatever here. You have a, a can-do kind of attitude, uh, adapt or die, uh, never say no, these kinds of things that we're hungry for. Most young people, I they shrug and they say, I don't know, like my daughter, I don't know how to do this. I quit. I give up. It, it's not a, the same determination. It's not the same teamwork. It's not the same leadership thing. They teach you a lot of other people skills along the way that I don't think – we appreciate or veterans know how to explain to other people either. Am I, am I overstating no, yeah, no, that? You, but yeah. No, 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 you're, you're, no, you're spot on. I mean, you said a couple of things there. Now, number one is that business owners don't know how to interact with the veterans. And then we established prior to that, that veterans are having a hard time translating to business owners what they can do. Exactly. I think the key thing in, in what you also said is that as veterans, there are some common things that most of us have. Right. I mean, as a, as a as a group, most veterans are going to have these. Obviously, you have your ten percent that may not. Right, you you have that in everything. Always, so you but have to disregard because it's the these skills are important for an organization like the military to function. You have to play well as a team. You have to learn to follow orders. You have to learn to adapt in the field. You have to learn to um, uh, think through problems and lead others to follow you in the most difficult crisis situations imaginable. Here, these are skills that. I didn't pick up in college. I, I didn't. I didn't go through those kinds of life learning lessons. I sat and studied a book, and I got a grade, and then I came out with, "Gee, I have a whatever. I'm an electrical engineer now, or something." Here, on yeah, paper, I am. You know, it's interesting. I think what we're laying out is the solution, and at least part of it, mm -hmm. which is veterans bring leadership, project and program management, teamwork. And a lot of intangibles that people don't recognize or yes. speak on readily, but they are required for business success. And so if you focus your task on finding people who have these leadership traits and leadership principles, right, which is what veterans will bring as a, a whole, as a group, then the business owner can teach them the aspects of their company I can teach you veteran. about our product oh, and how to sell right. it. I can't teach you that attitude of get up early and go, you know, charge the hill and work exactly. well with others 
and uh, find a way around obstacles. I can't teach you. Those are intangible things. I keep. Those are qualities I look for in individuals. I can teach you the specifics of this product or how to make this machine do what it's supposed to do or whatever it is I, I'm looking for. I, it's that intangible that I'm looking for. And yet we go towards the paper skills. We are certified in this. You did this. You got a course in this. Okay, I guess you're qualified, but you may not fit into the organization. You may not be a self-starter. You may not work well with others. All these other things that I'm, that I'm frustrated and I'm trying to find some right. Veterans have and, that and start. It's interesting, too, because, you know, just in my own personal business, just in various projects, what stands out a lot is playing well with others. Yeah. Like, like there are people who review and they're what they're looking one of the first things they're looking at is how does the person fit in with the team first? let alone their skill sets. Like, right. I, okay, I see that what's on the paper. That's fine. Okay, I'll talk, I'll ask them about that. Yeah. But I want to know how they're going to interact. Like, are they going to motivate the team or are they going to bring the team down? Many and most veterans are kind of motivators. And we're used to being in crappy situations, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, right. I just posted something about, uh, I was we were playing chess in Fallujah, Iraq, and this dusty office and, I was getting ready to get on the bird to go to the outside. It's just a horrible, I mean, you know, I've been there for like a, 10 months now, but I'm happy. I'm posting this. Like, you know, I was happy then. I'm happy now. I had a smile on my face yeah. then. I have a smile on my face now. We're used to not so good situations, and meaning we can help businesses and companies. You, you thrive in adversity. You thrive in uh, difficult situations here. And you're, and you're taught how to do that. And that's what allows you to succeed in these skills. I mean, the military seems to be very good at at creating those kinds of people. You all carry yourself differently, as I was kidding you about. You all have a certain approach to, to, to business. You don't seem to reflect what I say. I don't want to sound like an old guy, but, you know, lazy kids coming out of college. Okay, where do I do? I'm going to do as little as possible. Get me as much as I can. If I don't like it, I'm going somewhere else. It, it isn't there isn't that commitment to the to the team or the commitment to the project or commitment to the company. It's a commitment to me. There's a lot there that I just don't think gets picked up. Commitment Our, is a leadership trait. Yeah, commitment is a leadership. There you go. And and veterans usually commit to their contracts, right, with the government. So there's an element of tr trust and loyalty already there in the sense of the individual. Right. It's just they just have to buy into the organization that they're going to next, and that's where the small business owner comes in. And if they're looking for good people, I would say veterans is one of the first places they should start. I think so. And yet I, I confess in all the years I've had businesses, I don't think I've ever hired a veteran. Not not because and maybe there's some fear, oh, gee, they're going to have post-traumatic stress or difficult things where there's a certain uncertainty of what uh, have they have they gotten disabilities or been damaged in this difficult assignment they've done. But more so, I just don't know what to do with them. Oh, hooray, you ran a missile, hooray, you shot a 50 caliber machine gun, I never did. Hooray, you ran a missile guidance system, I can't even imagine how to do that and to move the battery around and to fire it and position it and do all these things. But what the heck does that have to do with what I'm looking for? It's that translating on both sides. All right, so enough on that. You came out of the military, eventually you did leave. And I think most people, even after 20 years or how many years you're there, 20 years and you sort of like 20 and out and now it's time to move on and next phase here. And you had an easier path because you could see this transition to contracting. Lots of companies want to get contracts uh, with the, the government. They don't know how to do that. It's just, I kind of believe it's way more difficult than just filling out a bid sheet and saying, I'm here. We're happy to do this. 
So you taught people how to do that? You worked for a government contract yourself, I guess, originally and managed a contract? Yeah, I, I retired in um, uh, August 1st, 2009, um, and began working for a company down in San Diego, uh, a, a defense contract. I, I won't name them, but yeah, uh, they're, uh, I wouldn't know who company. they are if you named them. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, good company. Uh, and so I worked for them for three years supporting the Navy. So that company had a contract with the Department of the Navy to provide acquisition and contracting support. Okay. Well, and so I learned about the company through a job on like monster.com or something like that online uh, indeed or whatever was out at the time right i applied for the job and and i got it as a, as a uh, contract manager as a consultant to the navy i worked for them for three years working on a major contract this contract was called uh automated digital network systems adns whatever that uh, means yeah right. you got to explain all that right. right network racking for ships and submarines so ultimately the contract was awarded and uh, I went and worked for the government to help manage the contract because I had a knowledge, a lot of knowledge about the contract in the pre-award phase. And wow. so it was more it was. So there's people on both sides. Somebody within the, the private enterprise has to learn how to get this contract and then how to interface and speak that lingo and understand uh, and and handhold it through the life of that contract and be the liaison between the company and that. And then the reverse, somebody in the military has got to say, why can't they get this? Why can't they understand what we're looking for, these stupid civilians here? And so go explain <laughs> it to them here. And then you have to. Uh, well, 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 to your point, that's where I come in. Like, right. right. The reason why I went from being a contractor and, and helping the government, because when the contract was awarded, the government was like, hey, you know, would you want to come and work? Because we need someone to manage this. And you're like the most knowledgeable person What do you here. mean? They promised so, that there was going to be go. there on Tuesday. And now they're saying it'll be Thursday. Our guys go out. The ship's floating. We can't wait too more days. This is do or die. And they're in business. Okay. So we're a couple of days late. There was a snowstorm. Uh, we'll get it to you when we can here. No, it can't work like that. You know, I remember a guy that I worked with years and years ago. Um, he was a real estate developer. And uh, at that time I was building uh, bars and restaurants, another crazy thing I did. And uh, so I, and this guy was real gung ho. He was a fighter pilot. And I showed up once late as I was wont to do 10 minutes, not real late, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20, what big deal. He chewed me out one end of the other. He said, son, he was older than I was, son, I learned when I show up late, people die. <laughs> I don't show up late. In fact, and the, and then we used to have another guy, Greg Rass, used to come in here all the time. He ran the uh, uh, Marine Wing at El Toro, and now he's the mayor of uh, Mission Viejo. And he came in to do an interview, and I tell people, all right, show up like 10 minutes early so we can get ready like you did. And, and you did what he did. He showed up 20 minutes early. And I said, Greg, I said, 10. He said, when somebody says you show up 10 minutes before, you're late if you show up 10 right, minutes right. before. That's it. It's usually like it's 15 minutes. It's like if you're not 15 minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. <laughs> yeah. So I was That's like, the wow, there's a whole different mindset going on here. Now, so you transitioned, you're running contract, and eventually opened up your own company to help others find this as a consultant. Obvious story, obvious path, successful journey. What led you to the SBDC? Why help other veterans find and take advantage of all these special programs to help look for, to award government contracts to veterans? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ultimately what happened is um, I ultimately resigned from my work with the Navy and January 2018 to strike it out on my own. I had saved up about six to eight months of income and right. 
I was kind of ready to go. I, I thought I was. It was rough. It was rough for a while. Yeah. But ultimately what happened is, you know, well, my goal was to do contracting somehow to help small business owners and particularly veterans. Right. Because I know the skill sets that veterans have. Right. And there are veteran contracting programs. So there are programs in place to on behalf of veterans because we have served. And so and, and again, this isn't a gift to, as, as many veterans. This isn't like, well, you know, gee, you get it. You get ahead. You're lucky you. Hey, we put our lives at the line. We made a commitment. Uh, and this is this is the uh, incentive that got us to come in. This is the return for that effort and work. We've earned these benefits. Why do so few better veterans take advantage of them? I hear this all the time. I think it's because they're not uh, they don't they're not aware uh, of the process per se. And this is definitely not a this is a benefit. This is a payment for service that has been rendered. Better ways to say it. Yes, exactly. And on top of that, it it helps our country. The, The more small business owners we have, the stronger our country becomes. The less we have, the weaker we are. Right, because there's less source of resources, there's right. less ingenuity and all of that. But ultimately, um, my goal was to help veterans and small business owners. And back in 2022, shortly after the pandemic, you know, I was chasing contracts. Basically, I was monitoring and I found a contract with Riverside County. Uh, Riverside County had a contract out for business consulting services for Coachella Valley SPDC. Wow. And so I looked at that and said, hey. I can do that. And to the point where we're saying, it said now, it said business consultant, I'm a government contracting consultant. I'm like, well, government contracting is business. Right. Right. And I'm dealing with companies that are in business. So that part, I can make the correlation of me being a business consultant. All I have to do is just take what I do and re- rearrange the way I think about how I deal with government contracting. Right. Reword it, it re-explain and re-word it. it. And re-explain it to the point that they're looking for. I do it all. It's just that the, my, I have to change my mind how I present. It's like two it. different languages. Right. You got to take it two from French languages. and turn it into Italian or something. Absolutely, <laughs> it's, it, that's exactly what it is. And and on top of that, so what I did was I took, I answered the basic mail per se. I said, oh, here's the business consulting that I can do. But then I said, oh ha, oh by the way, I have a specialty. Mm-hmm. I, I help with. I'm a government contracting person. And I highlighted that in such a way that I felt was good for me. And obviously it worked um, (laughs) because I'm like, well, that's my lockout as a business owner. Like my lockout is that I have a skill set in government contracting and everybody else does it. So if someone a lockout, I never heard it explained that way. That's my lockout. I do sales. I do sales as well in my (laughs) life. But a lockout (laughs) is something that you do. Your company does that no one else does or can do. And if you have a lockout, you want to use it. You want to highlight because it locks client. everybody out. I'm the guy right. that's got it. I'm the only one because you're does locking this. out your competition. So when you right. say I have this, he doesn't, or she does it, and the prospects like, oh, game over. I want that. <laughs> so here we are. So not, I mean, it, you know, it was multiple roles, but that that's how I became here today. Is I submitted on the contract. Uh, uh, you know, thankfully I, I won a role, and I'm here. And I didn't even know about the SBDC prior to going for the contract. And I started my company in actually in 2017. See, and, another and so great secret. No, well, all and, these things out there, and we don't really understand how they work. All these government programs, the Small Business Development Center, funded by the SBA and the and the state of California and others, is here to assist the growth of small businesses. They, all they want to see is that you you know meet certain metrics, uh, that you 
grew your sales and you increased your revenue and you added new people and you got new sources of income and other sorts, if they can demonstrate some of these things and then go back to the government and say, look, keep funding us. It's working. We're getting all this Absolutely. stuff out there. I, I tell, if I could, Paul, I, yeah. I, one of the things I say often is that, you know, the biggest flex, like, and then put it in kind of slang terms is, is to be a legitimate, basically formed company is to be legit, to have your paperwork, which is not a lot. I mean, it's like a business license, get, you know, your, your get a doing business. But you might have to be certified and some other, you know, and, and if you yeah. want to have a LLC or S corp or what have you, you know, your, right. your, your entity status, but, and then just do all the other things that lead up to that. Because the fact of the matter is that the government can want to give you all the money they want, but if you're not properly set up, you can't get it. They may say in order to get this money, you have to be a California disabled veteran business enterprise. Well, if you did not register for the California disabled veteran exactly. business enterprise certification, they could be standing in front of you with money on a platter and you can't take it because can't you don't it. have that piece of paper. I hear this even when it comes right. to the VA and certain just benefits you think every veteran would be taking advantage of. And I've literally had we do another show with a, a veteran who helps other veterans in uh, financial matters. He's like a, a financial advisor, and he works a lot with veterans. And he said, first thing I tell him is, do you realize of all the benefits and stuff you qualify for? No. Do you know how to go get them? No. Um, are you even going to the VA and getting certain things that you probably should be getting or could be getting? No. And why? I don't know where to start. It's a maze. It's a labyrinth. It's gonna, I'm like, I'll bet. Because every time I go in and talk to the government about anything, not much less the military, paperwork forms and triplicate and this and go to this line and do this and oh but this line wasn't filled up properly and this and that it's a maze and when you go to a giant hospitals giant camp colleges here like at uc irvine everything is it seems like it's just overwhelming the process and you just quit it it does and what i would submit to mo to the veterans and those who are interested is that you can pretty much start with any veteran organization for what it is that you want to learn, and they will point you in the right direction. But more specifically, throughout our communities, there are uh, veteran service organizations or uh, uh, veteran support offices. I'm, I'm the, the real name is escaping me. Right. But what these are, these are nonprofit funded veteran centers. They're actually vet centers, actually, is the right. name, vet centers. These veteran centers are funded. They're funded either by the VA or through some type of nonprofit or both. And their purpose is to serve as a resource. So many of them will not just show you the way, but to take you by the hand and walk you through this, whether it's the legalities of something you're going through or whether it's a process you got to put in place to get certified in this or to apply and meet certain criteria so that you can get these benefits and do things or, or go back and track your records and all this. It is not an easy process, I hear over and over again, and you need somebody to help you. You can do it yourself, but it's a lot easier if you have somebody holding your hand and walking through it. That's what you've done with veterans working to our business of working to get government contracts. Now you're doing it in addition through the SVCC to help veterans. Talk to me, how, how bad do they want to give this money to veterans? I, we had somebody in from the contracting center, and she was saying, Paul, begging to find minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, veteran businesses. They have a mandate to spread the wealth and to distribute it. And who shows up? The big companies who've always done this and know the process and already have a relationship. And so we're giving the money to the same people over and over again. And 
as you say, now we're relying on a handful of vendors. Maybe they're not uh, as innovative. Uh, maybe there, there's no competition or whatever. And, and we're not helping the economy by helping to start small businesses we all think is the engine for growth in this country. So all of those things, there's a motivating factor. How much of this money do they want to give to veterans? A lot of it. <laughs> a lot. I mean, depending on what level you're talking about, at the, at the federal government has their own uh, goals as far as how much money they award to veterans. Now, at the federal government level, there's the program for service disabled veterans, but there's no formal program for just veterans. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a formal program for veterans with the Vet Department of Veterans Affairs. To the point, the federal government, I believe their percentage goal to award to mm -hmm. veterans in general is three to five percent of all contract dollars. So every one hundred dollars spent, they want to spend three to five dollars on a veteran company. And how big Same is the thing with the yeah. state of California? They want to spend three percent of their dollars on disabled veteran business enterprises. And so, the state of California actually encourages quarters bidders on these contracts. They they want them to partner with small businesses and veterans. That's where. Uh, there's a new law out with California, state of California. I think like 25% of all dollars they want to go to small business owners. That's right? what I and thought. It was something it was astounding like that. Some yes. huge number. They want to go to small businesses. And the small businesses aren't set up. They don't know how to find this. They don't know how to walk through the process. They don't know how to fill out the forms. They don't know how to uh, take all the different steps. It is a confusing jungle, and they quit. And here the government's saying, please, we want you to come. We want to give this money to you. We want to spread the wealth. We want to uh, support veterans and other groups of interest, uh, special interest to us. And, and, and we want to thank you and reward you for all the service you're doing. But I can only put it out there. You've got to figure out how to do it. And that's where you need somebody like like our friend here to help. Absolutely. This. this is where I come in and the SPDC. I mean, the, the resources are there. And one of the things I share is that the federal gov the government in general, whether it be federal, state, local, municipal, it doesn't matter. As you just stated, there is money on the table right now ready to go to small business owners and veteran business owners. The challenge right now is that small business owners and veteran business owners like me and my mm -hmm. colleagues, we are not doing our part. We are not meeting the government where the government is meeting. The government is like, I got money, I put out programs, I put out laws, I'm telling my departments they must do this. And we're all moaning and, the fact, oh, COVID and cutbacks and, and, and inflation. Right. My business is the, struggling and everything here. Yeah. The business owners are not in position to take it. They're, so it's like, well, if you if you take steps to form your business and get set up, you will learn about the next steps of things that are out there. And where to go but find it, these things. And where to go find Because they're things, standing right? there with money, but you don't know the corner that they're standing on. And they're standing yeah. there waiting for somebody to come by that meets this criteria and they'll hand you some money. But you've got to know where they at. You got to meet them where they're at. You got to show up at the right forum and all this stuff. And you got to show up on time and on the some place. Yeah. And you yeah. got to be in the game. I mean, right. you and the game starts when you start your business. And you can't like not want to start your business because you're not making money or, <laughs> or I'm not going to start it because it costs money. And you know, right. the, like it's like start your business so you move to one level. It's like a video game. It's like once you move to the next level, it's like there okay, new new coins come out, new challenges. You get to like right. new information and new like, rules. Oh, I just learned this. New rules, yeah. new opportunities. Yeah. Right. Because you're you're further along. And here's journey. the sad fact: this money's out there for the taking, but people aren't taking it. And you and the others at the SBDC are willing to help people for free. 
at no cost. At no cost to them. The, the, the services for the SBDC are no cost to the business owner. Um, the, the, our program is grant funded by the Small Business Administration and the California. Because they're all frustrated. We can't find it. Right. We got the money. They're not showing up. Why? Help us. SBDC and a thousand other organizations and veteran vet centers and stuff. Here, we, the government, will pay you money to go bring these people to us. That's how bad we want them. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're happy to do to do that role to to help support the people. I mean, we're we're here. Uh, I just had a great call today. A gentleman, one of my clients, he just got his business going. He's a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking. He, he, he got the business like, license like I told him to. He's got an EIN, so he's not using his Social Security number. And he secured himself a prime employer identification number for anybody what an EIN is. He's talking military jargon again. Lots of (laughs) lots of letters and numbers and stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a he got himself a subcontract as well. I mean, so and this all just happened over the past couple of months. And he and we've been talking for the past few months. And so and he's fired up. He's like, I wish I could tell everyone what I have going on. He, and he does janitorial services. Right. So it's just a, a great example of someone who has, you know, drive and courage and, you know, stick with itness, like not to stop. Right. Because he has some challenges that he shared with me. But he still kept going and he still followed through with the advice I gave him. And now, you know, it's it's shown itself in a positive way. And he's just getting going. And there's probably government buildings, federal, state, <laughs> municipal, all the places that need janitorial services. And we're told in the law. Now, when you find these people, I want so many of them to be veterans. You promise me you're going to go find some veterans. Yes, sir. And then they go out and say, calling all veterans. Nobody shows up. And and then this guy starting a business saying, man, it's hard starting a business. I'm knocking on doors. Can I help this business do your janitorial service? No, get out of here. We have somebody. Here's somebody who wants you, and and we'll and we'll put you at the head of the pack if yeah. you'll just know where to go and how to show up. And Can how I share to one more bid. thing, Paul? Please. Another 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 positive in this for our our another lane of avenue for veterans is that in government contracting is that you can do business with a prime contractor who has a contract with the government. Mm. So if for those who may say, I don't know if I want to, I can do, they're like, they may be afraid of doing business. I'm not big enough to handle all that. Government entity, right? Well, sell your services to another company, business to business, B2B, sell your program management, project management, whatever skill sets, leadership, consulting, to a prime contractor, be their subcontractor, help them to support the government contract. Help them now to win the contract. Hey, help we, them to win the contract. Because we, have you got any of these categories, uh, women-owned, um, uh, veteran-owned, and veteran Yeah, we got some exactly. of those, some of our stuff. Oh, well, then you move to the head of the line here. Yeah. And I've, I've used that strategy myself. I haven't won yet, but I, it's okay. It's, it, it, the, 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 the L's are learns. They're not losses. Like you, <laughs> L's you, you are learns. Oh, L's I like learns. that. They're not, not losses. losses. It, you know, if you go about it the right way, you're looking for the, what, what, what is the message yeah. in this so-called loss? Like it didn't go right, but what was I supposed to learn out of it? Like, oh, that's the thing I'm supposed to learn. Don't do that again. That right. part right there, don't ever do that again. Now I know, okay, that was why I lost because I was supposed to learn that one thing. And now that I've learned it, I can go off and win now. You see the mindset? I do. My dad, now that I understand my my late father, he was a veteran through and through, a bomber pilot in World War II, and he used to always drill. He was in sales for his whole life in sales. And he said, when someone says no, it, you say, thank God for the no. 
I said, thank God for the no. Why? That's depressing. I, I, you said no. He said, because it's, it, there's, you know that it's a game of numbers. It's a game of odds. If you get 27 no's, you'll finally get a yes or whatever it is. Whatever the ratio is, you ask twenty-seven <laughs> girls out, one of them is going to finally say yes. Right, and so look at your win rate, right? And Always so he the past win rate. <laughs> yeah, so he would look at when somebody would turn him down, he'd say, "Thank you, I'm that much closer. I only need twenty-six now. Twenty-six more no's. Twenty-five more no's. I'm getting it's closer. Funny. I Thank do the you. same thing. Man. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we we've got in our organization, we you know we got a, a win percentage of like thirty-three percent in another. Uh, affiliation I'm with and it's like so I can time it based on like okay we got to get we need this many inbounds I need to have this many calls and as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to do in volume right uh, 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 two or three of those should close right they right. should close you know so it's a um, lot of and, numbers and so and if you got to know good I got some of those out of the way I'm getting closer to that yes it's got to be it's a it's a it's a numbers game well exactly. I it, this is an amazing game and I don't think most of us know how to play it I don't think most of us even aware that it's out there. And if we do, it's too big for us. So the thousand reasons we can't be in this game. And yet they're waiting to bring in players just like you. Absolutely. Eager. They're eager. They're eager to bring to paying people like our friend here. Go find them and teach them and recruit them. You, you, we, we've given up trying to find them. Here, we'll pay, in addition to paying them to do the thing and the contract, we will pay you to go teach them and train them and bring them to us. That's there are so thinking. many veteran programs, and I'm I'm happy to be you know working on and with a few of them. It just just new programming and new areas to get the attention of more veterans to kind of you know hey you know it's just like, like you got to keep reminding people, and at some point it's, it's like hey wait a minute I got to look into this because yeah. like I keep hearing this you know it's you have to find out if it works for you or not and how it may you got to take the step you, you can't not do anything right it's, it's all about taking the step and with the expectation that you're going to get to the next step. what's the motto of the marine somebody said like it's not just adapt or die it's sort of like you know you're either moving forward or you're falling behind or whatever you know, the, it, it, there is no complacency you don't just sit still exactly uh, i mean it's like water i mean it, it, you got to be like a current uh, sitting like still water is not good. No, still water draws mosquitoes and all of the other Stagnant. stuff that grows yeah. there, right? Fungi and all that. Moving water, like if it's a moving current in the mountains, people will drink it. Yeah, they, they're safe. Why? Because that water it it doesn't let bad stuff sit because it flows and money currency flows. Right? Can we? And when it, it hits an like obstacle, it goes around it. It goes it, over it. Goes it. Around it, goes, it. it. Or, or even cuts it, depending on how the, the, the strength of the water. And I think this all speaks to energy and action right. and executing. As a business owner, as a professional, as a veteran, if you have a goal, well, number one, you need to make goals. Right. And you need to execute on them. You, you can't set a goal and not do anything with it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not a goal. That's a wish. Yes. Right. If you, uh, goals are. You mean actionable. hope is not a strategy? I hope. hope I hope. I, oh, come on. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> I hope it rains tomorrow. It's I hope not it a gets successful better. strategy. <laughs> well, I hope people will listen to this. We've gone over our allotted time, but what a fascinating tale to tell. And I bet you have a lot more. I'd love to have you come back sometime and talk about stories of people you've helped. Uh, maybe that would bring it into focus. But we talked about your story and how you transitioned from a gung ho grunt into an into uh, whatever you called them, the admin side, and saw the opportunity to transition and grow as a person, and you did, and now you're helping others 
follow that same path. I think it's an amazing story, and I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want to contact you. How do they if they want to reach out to you? Oh, absolutely. They, they can uh, email me at troy.small at org, and they can also uh, reach me by phone, uh, 951-491-1200. I, I hope this doesn't offend you, but we're going to have to change your name because there's nothing small about you or this program here. This is big. I think we're going to have to tra- we have to change your name to Big instead here. You can but, always call it Biggie Smalls if you want. Oh, I like that. <laughs> See, all right. See how you adapted? You just immediately went with it and good. Because I think this is a big thing that most, uh, particularly veterans, are not aware of. We all hear about the struggles of veterans, high rates of horrible things, suicide, problems, uh, PTSD, homelessness, whatever. I, I'm always shocked when I hear these statistics for a group that has clearly shown they can succeed in adverse situations. And the, it's not the, any shortage of the government, uh, our collective will to help these people, but there's a disconnect somehow. We're not right. showing them how to do it, and they're not coming in and understanding how to do it. So it's not happening. Not yeah, we, just, we need stronger liaison. There's a missing information piece yeah. hub piece right We're, there's a there's a disconnect between when the veteran gets out and they start the rest of their life right and quite frankly it starts when they're in because when you're in the service and most veteran, veterans will tell you this and we were talking about this before the call is you don't get a lot of information <laughs> before you leave no. it's like you gotta it's like you gotta you have to pull teeth to understand what is my life gonna be like and they don't uh, veterans i'm here over and over again will admit we didn't think enough about that transition you did most of them hey i got like i've got what i want i'm having fun and i'm i'm in it and doing it and i'm making money and everything's taken care of for me are you saving enough? Are you planning enough? Are you ready for that next transition, or are you just living in the moment? And I think vets are trained to live in the moment and face immediate things, maybe not 20-year plans, maybe immediate action plans now. Right, and, and that's where we come in, right? right? That's where the, the, the resourcing comes in to help them, like, hey, you, you yeah, do an immediate plan, but let's get some strategy in here as well, not just tactics. Tactics are good, but they're short term. We need right. long term strategies so that we're working towards a bigger goal. Exactly. And quite frankly, with strategy, you can see how far off you are on your goals, right? Because it's such a long term out. You can see, oh, I'm actually veering the wrong way. So yeah. you can make small adjustments as you go about your business journey. And that's what we help with with the SBDC uh, business consult. You know, our, our team uh, is to really work with the veterans where they are. We meet each veteran where they are. Some are just starting. Many are actually kind of well off on their journey. But whether it be business planning, strategy, expansion, international sales, the the OCIE, SPDC, is an enormous resource, and I wish. And that- your work at a, you're one of those rare consultants that works at a two center, so they can find you through the way out the Coachella Valley. Even though you don't live out in the Coachella Valley, you're, you're somewhere in between the Coachella Valley and here is, and us in Orange County. You're like in Marietta. Know, Marietta. Yes. So you work for that center with all clients who want help from starting a business and growing a business and doing all these things and taking it to the next level. And then specifically with this contracting center that's based out of Riverside, I believe. Uh, and yeah, the Center that for Contracting for SPDC, I'm a, I'm a part of that team as well, yes. Okay, two ways to get to, no reason not to do it. Um, Call today, find out more, and uh, follow the path. Be like water. Flow. Follow the path. Go. (laughs) 
This was great, Paul. I, Good I'm fun. looking forward. Hopefully I can be back again. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Hang on afterwards. I got a few other questions to ask you here, but uh, another example of why, you gotta, why we got to talk about all this, because this is how profit talks. As we conclude another episode of the Profit Talks podcast, we hope we've empowered your entrepreneurial spirit. Reach out to us to connect with our experts, and let's take your business to the next level. Keep those dreams alive, keep pushing forward, and stay tuned for more. And if you liked what you heard in today's podcast and you want your business to reach new heights, just contact us at ProfitTalksPodcast.org or call us at 1-800-616-7232. That's 1-800-616-7232. So until next time, keep thriving. Keep thriving.